Yo, what is up, everybody? We are back. It is Sunday. We have Brett, kind of the leader of the group here. He's he's back. Uh, I think, Brett, that was the first one you've ever missed, I think. Uh, it was. Yeah, I thought about that. After I missed it, I was like, "Damn, that was the that was the first one." So I it guess was. I was due I was due a day off, but it's great to be back. <laughs> it is. It, it was funny because uh, Jacob had because uh, I was running behind, so Jacob's the one that sent everything, and then we were both like at the end of it. He was like, "Yeah, I, I think I got it," and he was like, "Well, it's out of our hand now because I don't know how to edit this shit." <laughs> I, was, I was like, "I was like, yeah." Now you guys nailed it, man. You guys Neither. nailed it, and uh, and everything was right there for me when I needed to download it. So it was it was great. Yes. Very sweet, very sweet, uh, Jacob. I'm very happy that you didn't get a haircut. You look, you look amazing. Keep that hair growing, man. Keep it growing. Just keep oh it growing, dude. Never cut it. Never, never get, cut it. It's get getting... those Fabio locks, man. Come on, dude. Apparently, we're having the hottest summer on record this year in the UK, which means like a, a balmy 60 degrees Fahrenheit, probably. So I'm, I'm gonna need to. I'll be sweating with this mop top come summertime. You should, you should get cornrows. <laughs> Please don't do, don't do that. Don't do that. No, no, don't yeah. do that. Don't do that. <laughs> you could do it, man. It's long enough. It is now. Yeah, it's long enough. <laughs> well, this is going to kind of be a fun episode. We're kind of going to do a little bit of a pretender contender thing um, kind of between the three of us. But uh, first, I wanted to tell you guys, I did go to the Bucks game last night. Jacob, I saw your uh, your second favorite team behind the Timberwolves, the Memphis Grizzlies. Yes. Um, it was uh yeah, I was telling Brett kind of right before we started. It it, it was very interesting. Um we, we obviously we went downtown. Uh we went to a couple bars before the game, which was fun. And then uh yeah, once you get in, you have a set time to go in. Um they're very super, super strict about uh about mask wearing, which is which is fine. You know, I totally get it. But if that thing even like briefly goes below your nose or someone around that comes tells you to put it up, um and then we we got to our seats and everybody is is socially uh, socially distanced. I guess you got to order everything through the app and then you go pick it up. Um, I don't know. I mean, we left at halftime. It was super weird. Um, I've never left a game that early before, but it was like, dude, the whole fake crowd noise was super weird. Like it was just it was just an eerie like feeling. Like there was no no energy in the in the building at all. I mean, I don't know. We only got four games. That was the second one. I don't know if I'll go to anymore. It was, it was just, it was weird, man. It was, it was it like, I, I was telling Brett, like once they did the national anthem, like the, you know, I, I felt, it felt great to be back. Like it was like, you got a little goosebumps. Like, all right, like we're actually going to see a live sporting event for the first time, you know, since I saw the milkmen play shout out to the milkmen champions. Um, just shout out. out there. But I mean, it was just weird, man. I, I know Brett, I, I think you're thinking about going to one in, in Phoenix now, like I'm not sure if every if every team can kind of do whatever they want, like as far as with the with the COVID restrictions. But like I I don't know, man. Like we we we've talked a bunch of times on our Friday night streams. Like, dude, it, it, it's almost better off like hanging out with you guys on a Zoom call and, and drinking with you guys and like sitting in my house watching the game. There's more energy there than there was than there is at the stadium. Like it's just weird. I think I want to go to one just for the experience, like just kind of like you did, like just to say that I went to an NBA game during all of this weirdness and experienced all these weird restrictions. And because in hopefully this, you know, never happens again. And this is kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, do you know how many people were there? Like it's like it's like 10 percent. So, I mean, like a couple thousand. Yeah. Something something along that yeah. maybe even a little bit less. I think it was like maybe like fifteen hundred and they it's weird how they got it. Like it almost looks like it looked like the upper bowl had more people, but then like you look, there were some sections where it was two by two by two by two by two, like all right behind each other. And there, it, it was, then there was other ones. I'm sure like they got with whoever, 
you know, the, the county or whoever to county health inspector or the county executive to make sure like they could do it a certain way. But as I said, man, it, it was just, it was just weird. Like I, I'm looking forward to when the, you know, it's packed, you know, like, like you, you, I was joking with the dude, like I had to, I had to go to the bathroom and I was joking with the guy next to me in the urinal. I'm like, dude, this, this is the closest I'll be to another human all game. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it, there's no six feet in the fucking urinal. So, I mean, it's like, it, it, it's just like, dude, it's just, it's just bizarre, man. Like they had, they had one dude that kind of where we go to our seats, like there's a, like a little kid area and there's always like a DJ there. There's, there was a DJ there DJing to nobody. Like it was just, it's just like, they're trying to do like some normal stuff, I guess. And it's just, it's just yeah. weird, man. It's, 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 it's tough, it, man. It, it's weird. Yeah. I'm sure they're doing their best, but so, yeah. Yeah. Well, at least Giannis played. Yeah. He did play. Um, as far as the game itself, like, uh, you know, uh, Memphis didn't miss, uh, they didn't miss at all. Um, and that, yeah, it was like Grayson Allen went, Fuck went Grayson off. Grayson Allen, we don't he? mention his name for what he did to Wisconsin when he was at Duke. Fuck him. Like that <laughs> Shit, dude, yeah. that dude didn't miss a fucking shot against the Wisconsin team again. Like, and now he's gonna go back to being trash for a couple for a couple games. But I mean, you could just tell, man, like there's shout out to the players, because it's gotta be so tough to play in an environment like that, especially with how many days they're playing, like not a lot of off days. Cause there really is, dude. There's there's no energy. And the the fake crowd noise is they have these hanging down. They have these huge, probably maybe six to seven feet uh, foot speakers that are just blaring this this fake crowd noise. And it's just, dude, it's it's weird, man. It, it, like I said, dude, it's it's not like this isn't like a uh, like an anti like mask rant or anything like that. Like I I, I totally get it. It's just, dude, it, it's it's fucking weird, dude. Like I That's, I don't know. I, the, the fake crowd noise is super weird. I I found like of all the weird things about this weird season, like in terms at least of the presentation, the broadcast, like the fake crowd noise is really strange. And um, I'm not a fan of it. I understand why they have it. It would probably be even weirder if they didn't. But uh, I mean, I hope they can get to the point where there's enough fans, maybe say double what there is now, say they could get up to like 5,000 in most arenas. Well, it's- maybe that would be enough to where maybe they could sort of amplify the natural crowd noise rather mm-hmm. than injecting well, it, it's, stuff. It's weird too, because you know, like uh, right down the road, or I shouldn't say right down the road, but a couple miles away is Miller Park or it's like American, whatever. I'm still calling it Miller Park where the Brewers play. And they, you can have more fans there and they're not like as strict about certain stuff. Cause I mean, it's, it's open air when the roof is open. Maybe, maybe there's some, there's some different restrictions there, but I mean, dude, it's just, like I said, I don't know a good answer. I don't have one on how to, um, how do you, you know, kind of safely allow fans to, to, to go back in. Like I was telling Brett Jacob right before you got on, like, I don't know if like, you know, it was my wife and then another couple that we went with. And we were just kind of saying like, you know, like we understand the risk of going to a game. You know what I mean? Like I, it's not like, but I mean, I don't know how you would, do that with you know, if the players got to get involved. I just don't know. I don't know the answer to it. Like it, it's super. Did you you had to get? Did you have to get tested? No, no. They they give you a questionnaire. Yeah, they just give you a questionnaire mm. to fill out, and then you just you go in. Well, and I you're, think the you're answer a lot of time. The answer might be getting tested, uh, and then also I know you know the vaccination thing is controversial in terms of maybe special privileges for those who are vaccinated, but that might be the way to do it, to get more fans in there is to have a vaccinated section. That's a little bit that's also less though, like, distance. I mean, that, that would be like, I, I, I can kind of see that, but I would be wondering like the logistics of it on how they would do that. Cause if you're trying to, like, if you're trying to get like, if they, if, 
if they go like full capacity, you're talking like 16, 17,000 people all going in. Like you'd have to, how not full, but say like, say get it to uh, one third of the yeah. capacity or something yeah. like that. That's where like, maybe you test everybody at, you just have to test negative that day. And, and, and maybe through your phone, you can mm-hmm. prove that at the gate. Like, Hey, look, here's my negative test. Okay. You're good to go. And then yeah. maybe they have a, a less distanced section for people who are vaccinated. And that's just sort of in line with the CDC guidelines. But I know that would be controversial, but I also think they're going to be doing that if they aren't already in, in some places. But, but like you said, in Wisconsin, that might not fly. <laughs> just, just on that, we actually, um, in our college, we've been running this lateral testing. On the day you go in, you get tested, and about 500 people got tested in one day. The tests are very narrow, like they do miss quite a few on the day because they don't measure people who are pre-symptomatic and people who might be post-symptomatic but can still spread the disease. And there can be delays. Like we had quite, a, we had like a whole hall for dedicated to like a test. Yeah. Like you go in, you go through, you get tested it was only about 500 people in one day and it was like, there were like two, three hour delays in the yeah, results. Yeah. And that's what tests, I'm saying. So. What, what happens if like, you know, you go there with like, you're with like four or five people, you've been, you go out to dinner or whatnot. And then all of a sudden, like you get down there, let's say like the test is wrong or something. Or like you said, Jacob, there's something weird. And you could just, I could just see like someone arguing and be like, no, 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 no. Like I'm fine. Like I, I just think it would be super weird and I, I think it would be more chaotic like i think like this is probably going to be the norm until next season um but like i said man like and to your point brett like you can't it's going to be tough to make to have fans be vaccinated to require them to go into the stadium like i i already saw like in in buffalo new york you know shout out to chase but like the the county executive there is saying like you know we're going to have full fans now this isn't a law he's just saying like and everybody's going to have to be vaccinated before they go in. And you already have like the players are already like complaining about it. Like other fans are complaining about it. Cause like, how do you go? Like you look at Texas and Florida, like those fans, like that's not going to fly down there. Like those governors are going to be like, no, like Florida has already said like, no. So, I mean, like if you're, and if you're like in a playoff series, like let's just say it's, it's like Milwaukee and Orlando, you know, like Milwaukee's going to go down to Orlando or wherever Toronto, you know, or Tampa, whatever. Miami. Miami's probably a better example because they're actually a relevant team. But like, you know, <laughs> Miami's their their facility is going to be packed with fans and a sellout. And then they go back to Milwaukee. Like that's just a huge disadvantage for for other yeah. teams. Yeah, that 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 could be the issue there. Like you want it to be as even as possible where like if if be, if state restrictions make it so that a certain team can only be at 10% capacity. But then in Florida, they're like, fuck it, everybody come, you know, like full capacity, you know, we'll add seats. Um, then that would be a, that would be a, a huge and competitive I don't have, disadvantage. And, and I don't have the answer. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not no. trying to get on here and be well, like, that's where the league, I think that's where the league, like, I don't know. that's where the league needs to step in, I think, and say, look, if, if you can't be at full capacity because these other teams can't be, maybe they can have more. Uh, it's going to vary. A little bit, but I think that's where maybe where the league steps in and, and tries to keep it competitively as close to equal as possible. Exactly, man. Because there's part of me, like, again, that's like, all right, well, like, I'm taking this risk going to this game. You know, like, I, I understand the risks involved. Like, I'm still, I still want to go to this game. But then, like, you know, you also have, like, the player safety, man. And I'm assuming, my assumption, maybe I'm wrong, is that they're doing this all for the players so that the players don't get, you know, so they don't get sick and then the product gets gets ruined because i mean I, I think there's some rule i'm not sure about this like if you're gonna sit courtside I, I do believe you have to test negatively um 
I do get in because so. you're a lot you're a lot closer. Now we're yeah. you know we're we're in the lower bowl, but we're nowhere near. We're we're triple quadruple six feet away from from any sort of you know player or team official. But man, I I don't know the answer. Like I said, it it was. It was good to go. It was great to go, like to get some sort of uh, of normalcy. Like I'm going to the the Brewer game here, um, you know, pretty soon. But like, I, I don't know, man. Like I said, I, I would much rather, you know, sit at home with you guys, you know, watching a mm-hmm. game than 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 doing that. And that's not to like discourage other fans from going or anything like that. It's just, dude, it's yeah. just fucking, you know, not for me. Like I said, the mask thing that was. That was fine. Like I, I understood that 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 aspect of it, but some of the still weird though. Having, I mean, I understand it fully, obviously. Well, dude, but you can't even having to wear having to wear a mask inside an arena is just like it's it makes sense. I get it. Um, it's a very simple but, measure you can do to mitigate the risk of spread, but at the same time, it's just objectively weird. Well, it's but also though, so like, is everything. It so. is, but like you can't you can't stand to cheer, but like you can That's you can take your mask off. To like to like eat or drink because you know COVID is going to be respectful of you eating and drinking. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. just it's just yeah. like it'll say I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait I get it. Yeah, I get it. Like, yep. People that yeah. listen to this are going to be like, "Well, Steve, you know they're just fucking. They're trying to reduce the risk as much as possible." Like I get it. Like, the I'm standing not- thing is, I'll just say the stand, the, the the not being able to stand thing is just flat out stupid. I'll say that right yeah, now. Yeah, dude, that it, doesn't even make sense. Dude, that's stupid. That's stupid. Somewhat like I said, dude. It. it it is what it is, but hey, dude, let's let's kind of move on to something else. Like I said, it, it was fun. I, I recommend if you if you can do it, go do it. Like it, you know, if you love basketball, go do it. Like I said, it's just the restrictions that they put on you. Again, understandable. Like I get it. I'm not uh, you know uh, fighting back at it or anything. It's just it's fucking weird, dude. I'd rather watch it from home. But so we were gonna do this last episode. Um, we're kind of gonna do a little bit of a uh, kind of pretender or contender thing, like a real one, not not one of these you know fucking like fake like you know sports center five minute clips and they go through like every single team like we're actually going to narrow it down to like legit um title contenders so i figured that we would kind of start out in the west and let's go with this team man because jacob and i were just singing their praises um i know brett um you were in in the overstated nba group you were kind of getting on board with it too um you know the denver nuggets with uh jamal murray being out um i think that we said they were a legitimate contender Right now, they are the four seed. They're thirty six and twenty. Um, Jamal Murray is out for the year with a with a torn ACL. Um, Jacob and Brett, we'll go to you guys, and then we'll kind of discuss a little bit. Um, are the Denver Nuggets pretenders or contenders? Do you I mean pre- pretender feels insulting? But they are. I don't think they're true contenders anymore. I think they're still a very good team. Uh, I think they're going to be better than people thought. But they fall just shy of my own subjective threshold for being a contender. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say no pretender on that one. Sadly, mm-hmm. unfortunately, big time bummer. Obviously, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I am same boat. I like I said on the podcast, I had them as my second best team in the West uh, when we did it last episode, and then. <laughs> The next day, two days later, you know, Jamal Murray is now out for this year. Probably we're not going to see Jamal Murray really back until the year after next with the injury he's going to have. He's probably going to be back like February time or something. Um, Either they're pretenders to me. It all relies on Jokic. Jokic is amazing in the playoffs. Jokic is amazing in the clutch. I think this year, like I said, like he's been my MVP for the longest time and he he gets better in the playoffs. But with the team around him, which is full of quality starter level players without another all-star player 
I just don't see it with Denver. They're pretending. What I see with them is I think they can win a series. Yeah. Okay. But I don't think they can win. I mean, maybe two even, but I don't think they can win three, let alone four consecutive playoff series as presently constructed post injury for, for Murray. So yeah, that's, that's a bummer though. I was super high on that man too. That's a Maul Murray injury, man. That, that just sucks. You know, I mean, that was, I can't remember. I'm sure there's been some, but that were like, dude, you just, you root for that dude, man, you know? And he's, he's so good. And he always seems to kind of turn it on in the playoffs. And like, we were, we dude, they had Aaron Gordon. Like they had a, it was funny, Jacob, we might be the kiss of death. Because, like, they hadn't <laughs> lost a game when we were recording, and then they lose mm-hmm. the game that night, and then the you get the Jamal Murray news. Like, it just it fucking sucks, man. Like, injuries injuries suck, dude. And, like, I, I thought they had a very, very legit uh, legit chance. So let, let's go up one. I'm, I'm saving one team for the end of it. We're going to stay in the West. Let's go with the, the Clippers. They're 39-19. and 19. Um, this, this team seems to be – a little bit of a favorite for uh, for Mr. Brett Usher. Um, Paul George is is playing uh, playing out of his mind. I mean, we can call him. I think during this little little bit of a stretch, we can call him playoff P right now. So, I mean, Brett, why don't you start us off here? The L.A. Clippers. And we, when we say pretenders, we're not trying to insult any of these teams. We're just saying, like, do we see them at, at the end of the day, at the end of the season, holding up the trophy? So, so Brett, what do you think about the L.A. Clippers? Yeah, they're my pick. Right now, um, and I have been all season to, to win, to win it, all. it all. To win it uh, all, I think. Yes, wow. to win it all. Wow. So, wow. yeah. So, needless to say, um, I do consider them contenders. They're they're my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at full strength, which we have hardly seen this year. Okay, Ibaka's been out for a long time. I believe he's still week to week. Now Beverly's out for a few more weeks. Kawhi and PG have obviously missed some time here and there. Uh, I so we we really have hardly seen this team at full strength, but I think when they do come together and they're all healthy, they're going to be a major problem uh, for the rest of the league. Uh, You know, their offense is phenomenal. Okay. Like we're going to obviously talk about Brooklyn here in a little bit Uh, and Brooklyn, you know, everybody's talking about what they've done offensively, but at least in terms of offensive rating, the Clippers are just a shade below them. I mean, they have a 118 offensive rating and, you know, when you look at that team between PG, Kawhi, Beverly, Ibaka, all these guys that have been on the all-defensive teams over the years, you almost kind of want to think of them as a defensive team. And they're a respectable defense. I believe they're, you know, they're probably a top 10 defense in the league, somewhere around there. Uh, but it's their offense that's that's really impressive. And look, they're uh, 39 and 19. They're, I believe, third in the West right now. So they've just been steady, man. And uh, yeah, I, I'm just super high on them. I think there's, I think the, I talked about the Rondo acquisition uh, in our trade deadline recap as one of my favorite sort of under the radar moves. And that's going to be really important now with Beverly out. And I just think the leadership that he brings as well as the passing sort of addresses probably their two most glaring weaknesses. If we look back to the bubble. Uh, So, and and everybody wants to focus on how they played in the bubble. Um, You know, people forget Paul George was coming off double shoulder surgery. Uh, He and Kawhi did not get that much time playing together last season and um, it, you know, it takes time to build chemistry, okay? And they've had just that much more time now to build that chemistry. And Reggie Jackson's been great. I mean, you can go down the list of contributors on that team, but I'm, I'm very high on them. They're not perfect, but I think uh, come playoff time, just having those two big two-way wings with a lot of experience in the postseason, uh, they're going to be a very dangerous team. Hey, yeah, I'm picking them. Hey, Jacob, are, are you on board with uh, Ty Lue as two-time uh, NBA champion as a head coach? <laughs> I'm on board with it. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm there. Ty Lue, 
I, I honestly, all while you were talking, Brett, I was like, would I be shocked if uh, me from four months from now came back and told me bet on the Clippers because they're going to win the championship? Would I be shocked? Well, yeah, because it's time travel, but (laughs) yes, I would be. I would be shocked if the Clippers were the, I don't, they're, they're, they're on the border for me. They're really difficult, but I'm going to maybe a bit more controversial and say pretenders because outside of Ibaka and Rondo come playoff time, I'm not sure I totally trust anyone on this roster outside of PG and Kawhi. Now, PG and Kawhi are amazing, but like I, I'm not sure I can totally trust. They're both definitely good enough to be the best and second best player on our championship team. I don't know if they have that third, fourth, fifth best player, maybe fifth or fourth in Ibaka or Rondo. I don't think they have enough quality behind their big two to win the championship this year. I think one thing, and last thing I'll say about them, because I know I've talked about them a lot on a lot of podcasts. Uh, for some reason, I'm just kind of fixated on this the team. Clippers, dude. They're, they're fascinating. Hey, they're my home team. You know, I'm, I'm, oh! I'm in Southern California. Yeah. I'm in Southern California, <laughs> and they actually did play in San Diego a I long did, time yeah. ago, which yeah. is where I live. But the last thing I'll say is, and I'm glad you mentioned Ibaka and Rondo together, because I think the two of them are a major playoff upgrade mm-hmm. over Harrell and Lou Williams, and that's essentially who they replaced. Regular season, maybe they're a downgrade, if anything, especially with Ibaka missing all this time. But assuming those two are healthy in the playoffs, I think that's a major playoff upgrade because Lou and Trez, I mean, they deserve a lot of blame for what happened, I think, to the Clippers in the bubble, in the playoffs specifically. And uh, they're gone, and now you have Rondo, who's known for his playoff performances no way and and ibaka um who who, you know who's been who's been excellent in the playoffs and i think it's just an overall upgrade over harrell especially defensively so that's a big part of it for me as well those seem like sort of subtle moves but i think they're going to pay off a lot in the long run and i i do agree with you i think rondo was a real under the radar quality acquisition and it's not just that he is you know, a playoff performer. He's so intelligent, as is well documented. And the, like you say, they need good playmaking. Like Kawhi and PG are two amazing ISO players. They're do it all wings, but they are not guards. They are not points on a real elite NBA team. Rondo can do that job. But the big thing for Rondo is, like you say, it's leadership. Is Rondo probably steps into that locker room and is the vocal leader of the team. Like Kawhi is by far the best player. PG is by far the second best player, but Rondo is the leader of that team. And that could yeah, be. Yeah, neither of those guys are leaders. No, they're not. Kawhi, I think we're seeing Kawhi is, he can be the best option, but we've seen, like, you know, retrospectively looking back at the Spurs team, he was a youngster. He was, you know, like maybe the most talented guy on the team at that point, but a youngster. And then Toronto, you had such an amazing organizational kind of structure around him he could just step in and do his like Michael Jordan impression and win the championship for them but we're seeing now with the with the Clippers I think last year and some of this year he's not like you know a LeBron like micromanaging the organization you know that kind of that kind of leader of the team or the way like say Russ would do in OKC or Harden in Houston he's not really like that he's more kind of reserved and just 
does it on the court, yeah, but maybe doesn't lead other people. Like, come on, like you know, talk to them on the sideline, get them going. Rondo is absolutely that guy. So I, I am big on that acquisition, and it's definitely improved their team. But yeah, I think there are just other teams that we'll get to mm. that I trust more. Well, let's 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 stay in the West because I want I do want to talk about. Um, we're going to go two teams real quick. So you have you have Utah is the number one seed. They got the best record in the NBA. You know, Donovan Mitchell just went down with an ankle in, injury, but you know he, he should be back come you know come playoff time. And you have Phoenix and. Nobody is really talking about these two teams specifically. You know, they, they've kind of been dominating the regular season. Um, you know, the Chris Paul acquisition. Now, we do know that Phoenix has had a really, you know, kind of favorable schedule here. But, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on those two teams? Like, can Phoenix or U- the Utah Jazz win the NBA title this season? <laughs> you want to go first on this one? Oh! See, I think... <laughs> mix it up, man. Yeah, mix it up. Um I think the Suns are about a year away, honestly, from being on that level. Like Bridges, Aiton, and Booker are all 24 or younger, and Chris Paul is 35. I think if they can, if Chris Paul can keep at this level next year, I think they'll be a legit contender. This year, I think they're still working things out. Like Booker started the year slow, I think, because of Chris Paul coming in. He had to adjust his game more than anyone. He's he's coming around, but I don't think he's fully there yet where he is, you know, this off-ball, on-ball kind of combo threat that I think most people envisioned him to be when Chris Paul came in. Obviously, Bridges is, you know, coming on a lot, so is Aiton, but I don't think either of them are quite there yet. So I say no to the Suns, and I think they are the most likely first-round upset contender of any team. In the NBA, I was just gonna, I was just gonna follow up and ask you with that because right now they play, they would play uh, Dallas. Would you, would you, either of you guys? I mean, Brett, we haven't heard your response yet. Would you be surprised if Dallas beat Phoenix in a in a first round series? I I would be, but at the same time, like Luca is definitely the best player in this in that series, and that does matter. Like, I'm not really into all that. Like, you know, who's your best player? Who's you know the alpha? But Luca is so much better than like anyone else in that series right now. It wouldn't shock me if like he won two or three games by himself against the Suns and they managed to upset them. Like, especially when it's the first playoff series for, you know, Booker, Aiton, Bridges, it wouldn't shock me if they did get knocked out in round one, honestly, by the the Mavericks, but it would be an upset, absolutely. Yeah, you know this one's this one's tough for me. Like, because you like Phoenix, you're a big Phoenix. I do. Guy. I like them a lot. I, I don't think we can ignore what they've done this season. And yeah, their schedule's been certainly favorable at times, more so than some of these other teams. I think at least in the first half of the season. But and, and also they've been healthy, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's an important thing. And I think with Utah, you know, of course, there's been this Donovan Mitchell injury, which thankfully doesn't look to be as serious as it did initially. But they've been healthy too. You know, neither of these teams has been hit hard by COVID. Neither of these teams has had a major injury to one of their best players. I mean, you can correct me if I'm missing something, but I I feel like Phoenix has been pretty intact all season and same with Utah. And that in a season like this with so many other teams dealing with significant uh, injury absences and COVID absences, that's a huge advantage. You know, if you can keep your team relatively COVID free and and injury free, 
Um, and that ladder is, is mostly good luck. I would, I would imagine, but, uh, but that's, there's something to be said for that. That is important. I think between these two teams, something that's interesting is it kind of feels like Utah has been and still is running away with the best record in, in the West um, and the league, really. But Phoenix is only a game and a half behind them. And which Donovan is Mitchell's going to be out for a while. I mean, they, they, that's well, an ankle injury, man. Probably it, a few games. Probably a few games. They're, 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 they haven't really said, but it sounds like it, it could be he could be back within a couple weeks. But it'll be a few games for sure. Yeah. And maybe that's enough to where – Phoenix can actually overtake them. It's wild to think about, but Phoenix has a very real shot at getting the number one seed. Okay, to answer the question, I'm going to say yes, I do think Phoenix Ooh. is a contender. Okay, now they're they're at the bottom of my contenders list, which is probably a longer list than than that of yourselves, but they're, they're, they're at the bottom. They're, they're fringe, but they're on the, the contending side of fringe. Uh, my biggest concern with Phoenix is their bench, okay? Their lack of depth. I think they need a third guard. And I think they need a backup center. Okay. Like a, a, a backup center that can protect the rim. I know Sarge can play it, but when we get into the playoffs, obviously rotations tighten and that's where, you know, I think their bench is going to become like an established three or four guys. You're going to get uh, cam Johnson, probably either campaign or Javon Carter. Um, and then Sarge. And maybe like Tory Craig. Okay. And that's your bench. You're not playing Frank the Tank. You're not playing, sorry, Wisconsin. You're not playing, <laughs> catching strays out here. Um, so I, 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 you know, I don't want to say it's going to work in their favor, but I think that lack of depth becomes a little bit less of a concern. But that's assuming the rest of their team, including Chris Paul, is healthy. And that's, that's a big if. But I mean, they've been healthy all season, knock on wood. Let's see if they can keep it that way. If they do, I think they are a contender. So you think that you think the Suns are, have a better chance of winning the title than the than Utah? I don't want to say that, but and I, I didn't say Utah wasn't a contender. That's tough. That would be a hell of a series. Yeah, Mitchell that would be a fun and, one. And Booker going at it head to head. I mean, it that would be to be so in like much the Western fun. Conference Finals, but I'd like to see how Gobert sort of handles that. Sun's offensive scheme that that spread pick and roll that they run so well yeah. uh that would be interesting that's the series i really want to see I, I you know what i think they're honestly i think they're both contenders and to me they're equal that's a seven game series i don't feel more strongly about one than the other i think they're both excellent teams and i wouldn't be shocked if either one ended up winning it it kind of sounds crazy now but i think as we watch it play out it could be like oh yeah this this makes sense these guys are really good you know, Utah's been a better team, I think, than Phoenix in the regular season. I think they've been the best team in the league, but because of their sort of history in the playoffs, um, you know, and I hate to always go back to Gobert, but he's such an important part of what they do on both ends. And for him to be so easily schemed against, it poses a disadvantage for them. And and maybe he'll prove me wrong. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. But until then, I, I can't quite put their title hopes on the same level as their regular season success, if that makes sense. Yeah, that was for me as well. I'm going to say I'm probably, when it comes to this contenders, pretenders, I'm probably being more strict than you guys, at least you, Brett. But Definitely. I, <laughs> but I do have Utah as another pretender on this. And it came down to when I was trying to do this, I looked in. I actually think in the regular season, Utah have at least the most in-form top nine guys in the league in the regular season. Like you look outside of their starting five, when you got Joe Ingles, Clarkson, you know, George Niang, Derek Favors off the bench. Like those are four guys who could start on quite a few, maybe not George Niang, 
<laughs> he's a good he's a good backup center for them. He's, yeah, he's he's good. He yeah, he's proved me wrong. I talked some shit about him in the bubble. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? He's pretty but, good. But he's, he's pretty good. I mean, like you say, Gobert is getting schemed against, and you can not stop him, but you can minimize what makes him so good in the regular season in the playoffs. And then you got guys like Jordan Clarkson, who is a you know a flamethrower off the bench. Is he going to be like a Lou Will, where you get to the playoffs, you can't really play him because he's just going to get targeted on the other end? I I don't know. And then I like this team, but I think when you start doing that and you start going right, go bear. There are going to be situations we can't play go bear as much as we want to, or we can't play Clarkson as much as we want to, and that amazing depth that they have starts to get chipped away and suddenly your best player is like Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell who are good players but they don't have that clear two-way like who on this team is a legitimate two-way star is Mike Conley positionally the best two-way player on this team maybe maybe well, yeah I mean and unless that's... I mean Gobert Gobert's valuable in his own way on offense obviously he's limited but he's He's pretty damn effective most of the time. So I think you could say maybe him. Mitchell should be better defensively. I've always thought that. He he just never has quite reached that level. Ingles he's, he's is an underrated though. defender. I mean, he's, they he's, can all do a little bit on both ends. But yeah, I wouldn't say they have like a two-way star. Like Royce O'Neal might be their best perimeter defender, and he's a non-factor on offense. Yeah. Um, and, who, and, who, one, who do you think is their nightmare matchup? Like who do they not want to see in, the, in a seven-game series? Oh, like okay. of all these teams in the West, do you think? The Lakers, absolutely. Well, we're yeah. we're gonna get to the we'll we'll get to the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, we're we'll gonna get to the, get Lakers. To the Lakers. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're they're they're, they're kind of hit or miss. But Jacob, man, AD I think you're selling team. Utah short, man. They got Dwayne Wade now, dude. Come on, man. <laughs> they Come do, on, yeah. They have Dwayne Wade. That, so that was like super controversial as well. Yeah, what the fuck? I, I don't understand why. It was I don't good. know why. I have no idea yeah, why. Good for him. I'm happy for the Utah. guy. I think it's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. man, dude. Cool. Well, and I think – well, look, and obviously people are saying that because it's Utah and they have this reputation and their fans have this reputation. Now their organization has this reputation. But It's a new I, owner. I don't know it's how true that stuff is. I forget the name of their new owner that just – Ryan. He, he seems great. You hear nothing but good things. But I think between him and then having D Wade on board, it's going to do a lot to sort of change that perception. Yeah. Um, which which may be largely unfair about their team, their fan base, their their organization, just everything. Like it's it. I, I think it's great for the team, and it's great for Dwayne Wade. Man, he's he's a team an NBA team owner now. Like I want to see more players getting stakes and ownership. Um, you know, I'd like to see a bunch of them group together and and buy it buy a team together. Like they're the only owners. And I think it'll get to that point eventually. And this is really cool to see. So it is, it is. And we're gonna we're gonna get to the East real quick. But hey, Jacob, I want to ask you one question here before we move on. Are the Minnesota Timberwolves a contender? That's your hometown team, man. That's your hometown <laughs> team, Minnesota. A Rod, <laughs> baby. A Rod, baby. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, we have a 50-50 shot at the number one pick. That's oh, all we that's all we're focusing on right now, baby. Cade Cunningham coming in. The lottery is gonna be so fire Fade, this year. The Cade, lottery, baby. it's gonna be Fade with all Cade, these baby. with all these. Yeah. Picks that could be changing hands. I, I can't wait for the lottery. Yeah, like, well, right, well, let's right get now, to the, the uh, let's get to the Eastern Conference. But before we get there, guys, you know what's really awesome? My hands are going crazy. You know what's really awesome? Manscaped, <laughs> baby. Manscaped is awesome. Um, yes, it is. They, uh, yes, it is. They they, they they sponsor this podcast, and they're awesome. We cannot say enough good things about them. Um, you can go to manscaped.com, type in promo code overstated. You get twenty percent off. You get free shipping. You guys know I talk about this every single podcast. The uh, the the ball deodorant that you get is fire. It's awesome. I can't recommend it enough. I use it every day. The ball toner that you get, I'm at the gym every morning. 
to, you know, put a little on, do a little spray, dude. It's awesome. I feel good. I smell good. My wife likes the way it smells, dude. It's, it's awesome. It's fire. Everybody go out and get some Manscaped. Again, that's manscaped.com. Use promo code overstated. You get 20% off and you get free shipping. It's awesome. I promise you guys, it'll it'll change your life in a good way, in a way that you never thought that you needed it. So uh, shout out to Manscaped. Hey, man, and, and you, you you talk about the ball deodorant all the time. Let me show some love for the trimmer, man. The trimmer is, it's great. in my opinion, sort of the star of the show when it comes to the Perfect Package 3.0. I mean, that thing is is phenomenal. Like some of the features, like it it, it won't cut you. Okay, they've got this skin safe that, technology that, that prevents that. Times. It's not gonna get. It's not gonna nick you. It's not gonna well, nick I you. I told you guys the first time we did one of these ad reads. I had a bad experience a couple years ago using a, <laughs> a much different product that was not intended for that use, and I'm I'm traumatized from it. It was a, it was a pretty miserable experience. So I really do appreciate the the trust that I have in this one, and and the the fact that it's got this LED light. Like whoever thought of that is a freaking genius, um, and the fact that you can use it in the shower. Like that's just so unbelievable to me that I still haven't used it in the shower, even though I know you can. I'm still like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to mess this thing up. No, no, but but it's safe. It's waterproof. It is definitely waterproof. And the next time I use it, I'm going to take the plunge and use it in the shower. But yeah, big shout out to Manscaped. Absolutely love every single one of their products that I've tried. And and like you said, Steve, overstated is the promo code at Manscaped.com. Twenty percent off. I'm telling you, plus can, free shipping. I, yeah, it's free shipping. I could do a whole podcast about it. I really could. I love it, dude. <laughs> I can tell you to. so many. <laughs> I did. I did. You wanted to. You didn't want me to, Jacob. You didn't want me to. And you know what? A lot of people, uh, you know, liked it. So people, whatever. A lot of people wanted that. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go to the Eastern Conference now, and we're gonna talk about the Lakers. At hold the on, end. hold on. We missed. Oh, oh okay, okay. What? You want to leave the big boy, the big boys for the yeah, end? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we all know <laughs> what their what their their stuff hinges on, and yeah, I, I do want to kind of dedicate a little. We already bit. talked about the Clippers, man. We oh, already talked about the Clippers. Oh, oh. So the, the East is interesting. Obviously, they aren't as it's not as deep as the West. Even though, like, I don't think. Mm-hmm. No apologies to you, Brett, but I don't think Portland is is a serious. Uh, contender right now i don't think dallas is there yet you know some of the other teams that 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 we didn't talk about but the east is interesting because you have teams kind of all over the place i think a week ago or maybe it was two weeks ago we did this boston was like the ninth seed now all of a sudden they're they're on a little bit of a winning streak they're the fourth seed right now um i think all season long told you yeah 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 all season long i think it's kind of been the big mm-hmm, three I did. in the east um you know brooklyn philly and uh, and Milwaukee, and I think at least for two of them, because um, I kind of want to talk about some of these other teams. I mean, do we all agree Brooklyn's a serious contender? Like they they they're they're my favorite at least. I think Philly is there, and Milwaukee is there. Um, do you guys want to kind of talk about those teams a little bit, or are are they are they all contenders in your guys' eyes? The 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 big three in the East, yeah, yeah, including the Bucks, including the Bucks. Choose your words Not carefully. Yeah, I do. No, I do. I do consider carefully. them all contenders. I would. <laughs> And, you know, I'm going to be honest. I would rank them Philly, Nets, Milwaukee. Philly's still my favorite to come out of the East. Again, it's been that way since before the season started. I think Philly is awesome. I think they've got an identity. I think they've got – I think they have the best defense in the league. I know the Lakers, by most metrics, are probably slightly better. And, again, we'll talk about them later. But I think Philly has the best defense in the league. And just – much like the Lakers were able to do with LeBron and AD out, Philly's been able to maintain that level of defense when Embiid was out. Um, I just, I think that is a squad, man. I think they're just doing all the right things. They've got all the right pieces. Tobias Harris is having a super underrated season. Maybe the most disproportionately under-talked about player in the league this season, considering how well he's been playing. 
Um, and he's just a guy that can, he's sort of the guy that Simmons and Embiid have always needed, you know, and I'm starting to see maybe why they paid him all that money. Um, so anyway, yeah, I could talk about them a lot, but I think their defense is really going to be huge in the playoffs, you know, as long as they can stay healthy, of course, you know, Simmons was hurt in the bubble and then Embiid is, has been hurt and now they're both healthy and I, I hope it stays that way, but they've got a coach with championship experience, um, you know, they've, they've got it all. They've got all the ingredients I think that you need. They don't have any big weakness right now. And I think a team with no weaknesses is absolutely a contender. So that's my little Sixers spiel. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I was shocked kind of ranking these teams when, um, I did kind of get to the top of the top. I still had these three Eastern conference teams when I only had four teams left. So these, wow. so I have, I had like, now the Clippers, I think that's debatable. Maybe I'm a bit lower on the Clippers than I should be, but I had them fifth and then I had Philly fourth. And it is for the reason, like once you get up to this top bit, it's so tight. These teams are so good. Like maybe I'm underrating Philly and the Clippers a little bit in this, but I do, I, I believe Philly is about where I draw the line that they are a contender in the, in a playoff series, Embiid offers so many matchup nightmares, and we saw last year with Boston, they were they were willing to live with Embiid putting up an respectable thirty and fifteen or whatever every game. They were okay with that because no one else on the Philly team was posing a threat. Now, like you say, Brett, Tobias Harris will drop twenty points on your head on any given night. Ben Simmons, we'll see about um, Ben Simmons. Obviously, there's all the personal stuff. Um, that might be, you know, um, kind of messing with his game right now. Defensively, he might be the best defender in the league. They have Danny Green. They have um, Seth Curry, who is... You they're know, a squad, um, man. They're, they're a they're, squad. They're, they're a squad. Because we talked about last year, like, they just need shooting, right? And now, okay, they, they've got Seth Curry. They needed a coach, they got too. Danny Green. I think they needed, they needed yeah, a yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, was, that was probably the biggest They needed thing, an yeah. adult in the room to kind of take care of, you know, Embiid they, they, and bring everybody to together, yeah. uh, you know, kind of so to they, speak. They got a guy who, who, in my opinion, is a top 10 coach of all time in Doc Rivers. Wow. They they got shooting in, in Seth, Danny Green. Uh, Furkan Korkmaz has been uncorked, uh, no pun intended, just – He's been he's been letting it fly, and I think with you know Tobias has been out a couple of games. Danny Green was out for a little while, and he's really been awesome for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they've got plenty of shooting, and and yeah, the rest kind of speaks for itself. Um, I think Embiid's foul drawing is going to be massive in the playoffs because even now in the regular season, he's he's shooting like twelve free throws a game. It's money and man, he shoots like that translates to eighty six percent at the line. The guy never misses. Easy points. Um, so in the yeah. In the postseason, that's going to you know if he can even just keep that number, that's going to be a major problem for for opponents in a seven game series. Just that in itself, in, in addition to all the other things he brings. So, yeah, yeah man, I'm, I'm I'm loving them. And then I know you mentioned also the Nets and the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want me to just keep it quick, yes, I do consider all three of them contenders: the mm-hmm. Bucks, the Nets, and the Sixers. Again, so yeah, um, Nets are a bit of a wild card. I mean, they're. Again, historically great offense. Obviously, they've just sort of been this rotation of star players just in and out of the lineup all year. And it's like this year. This and there's all, still a I'll game. Be- and the there's still a game behind, though, Brett. I, I think that yeah. that's super because once all those three guys play together, man. If if you know, yeah, I, I, they've been my pick. I know I picked Philly at the beginning. Who's been of the their year, Who's been their best player this season? This is something I wanted to ask you guys. Harden. Like honestly, if you look, Harden. if you look at the whole season, though, like cumulatively. 
Okay, look, Harden wasn't there in the beginning, obviously. He's out now, and he's more like week to week, I think. He could still be out a couple more weeks with that hamstring. Um, Durant obviously missed a ton of time. Is there an argument for saying Kyrie has been their best player this season? Like overall, he's definitely going on the radar. I think he's definitely, he's been so good. He's been, he's been maybe in like his perfect role in this team because he's putting up like crazy numbers as well. It's like 28 points per game on, you know, like 50, 40, 90 shooting. Like he's been wildly good. And yeah, I actually just looking now, he has played the most games of their big three. Saying, Kevin, I think this is his best season of his career. Yeah, 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 he's played more games than any of them, and especially as Harden misses potentially like maybe six, eight, ten, however many more games, like we might look back and be like, maybe if say look at it from like an MVP ladder standpoint, maybe Kyrie deserves to be the highest of those three, Mm -hmm. which is seems crazy to say, but it's just something I was thinking about. It's not crazy, but I mean, you know, I think you have to look at. You know, I'm going to defend Harden here a little bit. Brooklyn was only a game. Uh, above 500 when they did the, the the Harden trade. And I just think I've seen – well, I shouldn't say I – we've seen Harden in the regular season, uh, you know, when Houston. Like, he he's, he's, he's a fucking weapon, man. Like, that dude is really, 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 really freaking good. And I, I said it – I said it a couple months ago, man. We never realized how much Brooklyn needed Harden, you know, with Kevin Durant out. And I just think Brooklyn is being super cautious, especially with those guys. Um, they want they want their, their squad to be as healthy as possible – um, kind of going forward and, and getting into the the postseason, they Steve, don't care and, about and the just to, season. Just just to throw it back to you because you that you said they're your favorite. Oh, okay, if, and Jacob, if I'd like healthy, to hear what healthy. you think about this. Right? Yeah, yeah. Of course, we're we're assuming all these teams are healthy, right? As yeah, yeah. within reason. Well, Brooklyn, okay. though, they're but outside because of the Lakers, you said they're your favorite, they're hurt a lot. Could, can a team that ranks in the bottom five in the whole league in defense? I think they're like the twenty sixth defense give or take in the league this year can they really be a title favorite i mean can they be no matter how good their offense is you could even say this is the greatest offense of all time but with a bottom five defense can they really be a title favorite i could i definitely consider them contenders but if we just look at history man that's going to be some serious defying of Mm -hmm. what we've seen if they were to do it because that is an abysmal defense I'm not saying they can't, but it's I, I, it's hard to imagine having them as a favorite. But you just think their offense is that they're just going to outscore well, everybody. Got, it doesn't got, even matter. They got what? I mean, what would you say, Jacob? Two of the top eight offensive players of all time in, in Kevin Durant and, and, and Harden. I mean, dude, it's it's stupid. And then you throw in, like, as you just said with Kyrie, who is just playing, flying under the radar and just balling out. I just think – and the whole defensive thing, man, like I've seen – Kevin Durant play defense like he's really fucking good when he wants to be I think Kyrie is the same way and Harden is like I just think they don't care about the regular season they're waiting for the postseason and I I just think it's it's gonna be scary man now if one of those guys is hurt I think it opens the door up for Philly and and certainly Milwaukee but I I just think if those if those three dudes are healthy man good luck good luck because I don't know I don't know how you stop them just to just to um throw something at you that I looked up now that is very, very illuminating to Brett's kind of historical point. Because I obviously have that team database. I just looked, best regular season offenses ever. Only two of the top 10 regular season offenses ever went on to win the title. And they were the 96 and 97 Bulls, which also had two of the best defenses in NBA history. The only other team in the top 10 to reach the finals 
were the 2016 Warriors, who also had a very good defense. Every other team is like, you know, the seven seconds or less Suns, um, the Rick Adelman Kings, um, the Dallas Mavericks when they had Nash and um, Dirk. All these teams had negative defenses. Most of them didn't even reach the conference finals. Now, maybe maybe they're different situations than this Brooklyn team, but it is a weird historical precedent to set. Because these these elite offenses, like those Kings and like those Suns that we've seen over the years, it's just, yeah, they're never good on defense or great certainly on defense and um that that goes back to the jazz too at the one thing i was looking at is at least in terms of offensive rating and defensive rating they're the only team in the top five for both so they've got that works in their favor too just having that balance where they're that rare team that's maybe not a historically great offense but they're right there i'd be curious to know where they stand offensively throughout history but they're they're an excellent offense and also an excellent defense so um are, that's yeah. interesting but yeah the nets there's just such a disparity and i feel like it's hard to compare them to the Suns or the kings of the early 2000s because they do have so much more talent offensively mm-hmm. they're like nothing we've seen before Th- they have three guys averaging over 25 points per it's game insane, dude. i mean it, it's, it's insane it's so it, like yeah, i, I it jo- fucking um joe harris is shooting damn near 50 percent from three this year yeah like what yeah how i mean like i don't know no, no questions about their offense no concerns about that whatsoever yeah. it's just yeah the other I mean, side and yeah I, I have brooklyn one or two in my own personal like rankings it's obviously between them and the lakers i have one and two brooklyn is like you say there's this whole weird the historical precedent of the offense but also they are three of the best offensive weapons ever and they're so unique offensive weapons as well that it's not like with clay where clay exclusively plays off ball and you know steph and durant it's Durant, Harden, and Kyrie can all go off the dribble. They can all pass. They can all shoot. They can it's all get to very, the lane. They can all get to the free throw line. Like like it's, it. it's, yeah, never seen anything like it. Yeah, never crazy. seen anything like it. But I think what you said, Steve, is is what's going to have to happen. We're like, okay, so they're, say, a, a bottom five defense now, but you think maybe they have the ability to be like at least a middle-of-the-pack defense. Yeah, and if they can get to I that do. point in the playoffs just through effort and, okay, it's time to step it up, um, and and also just just scheming well, and, and learning. There, um, maybe maybe that's what it would. That's where I could see it if they could get to be like an average defense by the playoff time and maintain their historically great offense. I think that they're, okay, they're, that's I a think very real title. Threat. I think their playoff nightmare is the Lakers. I, I think that if the Lakers now we can talk about the Lakers, but I, real quick though, before we get to the Lakers, I want to talk to you guys. Boston, we know. I don't really want to spend too much time on them. We know Tatum and Brown, man. They they. They're a second-half team. I've said that a, a, a billion times on this podcast. I don't think they fear anybody in the East. I'm just not sure if they have enough firepower. Um, Boston's still really good. As long as they have Tatum and, and, and Jalen and, and they're healthy, I think that they don't fear really anybody in the East. Um, but I wanted to talk to you guys. They're, they're a sleeper. They are, they are. I wanted to talk to you guys about Miami before we go to the Lakers. Miami's been a weird team this year. You know, they started off, you know, with with COVID and a bunch of injuries, and then they kind of came out firing, and then they 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 lost like three in a row. Jimmy Butler's calling out his team for kind of kind of being soft. Mm-hmm. Where do we put Miami right now? They're the seventh seed. They're a five hundred team. I think similar to Boston. I don't think they really fear any team. You know, if they have to like, for example, if they have to play Milwaukee, I don't think they're fearing Milwaukee. I I, I think that uh, they they'd be fine. I don't know if they have kind of the firepower to go against. Uh, Maybe Brooklyn or or definitely definitely not Brooklyn or maybe Philly as well. But where do you guys see Miami? Are they are they a pretender or a contender? Uh, I have them as a obviously a pretender. Like I'm quite strict on this, but 
when I was doing this, they like obviously we have the eight teams, the five in the West, the three in the East that we've talked about. Miami were the only team, even Boston, I wasn't this confident on that they could be amongst that top eight teams where do I think they could beat the Suns in a seven game series? Maybe. Do I think they could beat Denver now that Murray's down? Maybe. Do do I think they could give a real tough series to Philly or Milwaukee or Brooklyn? Maybe, yeah. Like I think too for me, too many of their um kind of auxiliary pieces are underperforming right now for them to be a legit contender. But outside of, you know, Brooklyn, yeah, actually outside of Brooklyn, I think if we say who are their top two guys, I think their top two, like how bad how good Bam is, is better than say how good Simmons is right now, or how good Chris Middleton is. And how good, like, Butler. Like, I don't think they have the best player in any of those series, but I think their top two is better than most top twos outside of, like, the Clippers, the Lakers, and Brooklyn. I think they have... Yeah. And that, for me, in a playoff series with um, Spo, that's a big deal for me. Where, yeah, I have them right now, I think, eighth or seventh for me. That's... I was shocked, but I do think Miami are going to be dangerous. Yeah, I you know I'm not as high on them. Um, I've got them. I'd probably say fifth or sixth in the East. I think I have them in the Hawks in pretty much the same tier. Probably with Miami having a slight edge because they went to the finals and they have a lot more experience. I'd probably have them fifth and Atlanta sixth. I definitely have the Celtics above Miami. I think the Celtics are just a better team. Um, you know they are. I believe they're ten and three since they inserted the Time Lord into the starting five. Um, they're playing a lot better. I said it on the deadline pod we did, Steve. Like the Celtics are coming. Um, Tatum's going to go on a tear and average thirty for the next month. <laughs> I checked since I said that he's averaging exactly thirty points a game. And the Ash Celtics Jay, are Greg. the Celtics <laughs> are like uh, are like t- nine and three or ten and three since then. So I think they're a much better team than their overall record shows. And like I said on that podcast, like I do think they still have a chance to vault themselves into that top tier to where that big three is now a big four. Um, I think when they're at full strength and Fournier's not even there right now, but when they get everybody um, together, they've got a chance to be really good. They've got a lot of experience. They've been to three of the last four Eastern Conference finals. Um, and like you said, those two, the Jays, man, they aren't scared of anybody despite how young they are. Um, so look, they're fringe. They're like they're like the Suns East for me in terms of like a contender. I, I pretty much go four deep in each conference, okay, with my contenders. That's that's how it is well, for me it, this year because it's. I think it's kind of wide open. It is. It I, is. I, well, I don't think. I think yes and no. I mean, let let's talk about the elephant in the room here. We'll we'll kind of end this podcast talking about the Lakers because so much of so much. I shouldn't say so much. Their entire postseason success rests on LeBron and AD, and I, I think the latest report that I that that I read from Shams was that AD is probably going to come back first, and LeBron is still uh, still a couple weeks away. Um, they haven't fallen as much as everybody thought they were going to fall mm-hmm. in the standings without those guys. I mean, I, I think we were even kind of talking about, um, Brett, I think you even had a post, uh, like uh, they're going to be the most dangerous playing team ever, or like the most dangerous. I didn't say play in. I, I, I think I said, I think I said maybe, se- maybe seven, seventh, 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 yeah, yeah seventh like or eighth. That. that was a bit of an exaggeration. I know, but I'm, I'm just saying like they, they, they really <laughs> haven't dropped. I mean, they, they've been kind of sitting in this, fifth. in this fifth seed for, for a while now. Um, they still, they still have 35 wins. They're, I think they're their last 10. They they're they're about 500. Um, mm-hmm. If now we got to preface this with it, if if AD and LeBron are healthy, 100 percent healthy, 
are they the favorites to win it all? Jacob, we'll go with you because I know Le- you're you're a LeBron fanboy. So it, are they are they absolutely <laughs> like they're they're your number one? Yes, yes, they are, and it wasn't like a guarantee for me coming into this, but with Brooklyn's health, because one thing I want to say about Brooklyn, I worried that we get very mild 2004 Laker vibes where that 2004 Laker, yes, we can say they were washed up. They're all old apart from Kobe, obviously and Shaq ish, but when they're actually on the floor together, they're amazing. They were really good. I'm glad you brought that. You know what everyone forgets about that 2004 Lakers team outside of like the Kobe and all the drama that was going on that they hated each other. Karl Malone played really well for them and he got hurt. Everybody mm-hmm. forgets that he got hurt and he was not the same when he came back because obviously he's older and it dude it just it just takes a while. But I'm glad yep. I'm glad you brought that up because that Lakers team before Carl Malone got hurt was unbelievable. And that's that was thing. my first that was the first year I lived in LA. That was the first year I moved out to LA. Um, you know, after high school. And and that team, when Carl was there earlier in the season, I mean, they were they looked as good as any lakers team but yeah it's easy to forget now but they were they were like a juggernaut and yeah they were never quite the same and then other things you know happened between Shaq and kobe but um so you could see perhaps something along those lines going yeah. down with the yeah because if we see health wise that team like you say if they had been able to play together for an entire regular season an entire playoff run without drama that team probably would have beaten the detroit pistons like that pistons team was great they didn't have a single player as talented as Shaq or Kobe at that point. And if they had the cohesiveness of a team which has played 80 games together, I think they would have won that quite comfortably. That's what I worry with this Brooklyn team where they are, you know, the most talented team on paper, but then maybe they get to a second round series against Boston or a conference finals against Philly or Milwaukee and suddenly they don't have the cohesion. The offense isn't clicking totally because they're going up against an elite defense in the playoffs where they get to scheme against them for two weeks, and suddenly we look up and they just lost the series 4-2, and it wasn't particularly close. Yeah, And that's that's my worry with that Brooklyn team, and that's why I have the Lakers as my number one, just because they have that cohesiveness from last year. And then you add on to that, this team has gone like, seven and eight so like just about 500 without their two best players and then you throw if you throw lebron onto a 500 team that team is a title contender if you throw ad on top of that that team is you know favorites in most years that's what yeah. i think with this team well right that's now. And i think it is and no and I, th- I think it is fair to call them a 500 team without lebron and ad and i wouldn't have maybe said that before but no. i think with drummond it, it, he <laughs> makes them that did you? I mean, did you guys see him the other night against Utah? I don't know, man. I think he saw that he couldn't play because his toenail fell off. I think he had 27 points and was their best player in that game. Um, yeah. A nice win for them over Utah, albeit without Gobert, but still. Um, and no, he's not. Look, I think he's averaging about 12 and 10 since he's been there. He's played well. His rebounding has definitely been valuable in spots. His rim protection um, in that game against the Jazz was very impressive. Uh, he made life very difficult for some of those Jazz guards that were trying to penetrate. Uh, but I, no, I think between Drummond, Schroeder, Harrell, KCP's been playing well. Yeah, that's a 500 team, and you make a good point. You add LeBron, not to mention LeBron and AD to a 500 team, and you're certainly a contender. Um, just to quick answer your question, obviously they're not my number one, 
I would say they're my number two. I think one of the LA teams is going to win the title this year. The Clippers are my number one. Lakers are my number two. Just looking at the standings, it's interesting, okay? So like you said, they're in fifth. They're two games ahead of Portland. It wouldn't shock me if Portland overtook them, although I do think AD's coming back this coming week, and LeBron was saying, I think May 1st, he's targeting, so mm-hmm. probably unlikely. Uh, the question is, like, are they going to, if they're in that four or five matchup, it's probably going to be Denver, and that's that should be a pretty easy, relatively easy victory for them. I mean, I think that's the team you want to play in the first round, right? If you're the Lakers, like, within reason, like, as far as a realistic matchup, yeah. what you don't want to do is fall to six somehow and have to play the Clippers in the first round. Yeah. That's a nightmare. That's their that's worst tough. nightmare. That's, that, I don't think it's matchup. likely that they fall to six, but they're only two games up on six. If, God forbid, AD or LeBron was to have to miss more time, uh, or if they just run into some struggles you know reintegrating them as with some chemistry i think it's unlikely um but that's what you don't want to see and i think that's the only way that um things could really go bad for them i think most likely they'll play the clippers uh in either the second round or the conference finals but whenever it is that is a series i'm really really looking forward to i think with the rest of the basketball world that's the one we all want to see we all wanted to see it last year mm-hmm. um, and we're going to get it this year i, I, I think just think the lakers at some point. The, to to your point what you said earlier about if 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 there's a team that brooklyn should be worried about it's the lakers cuz i mean the, brooklyn has no answer for anthony davis not one single answer and i'm not i'm not betting against lebron um you know that dude is he, he's unbelievable you're talking about you know the a top three player of all time, oh. and, and and I mean I just I just I just don't see in a series how Brooklyn if Brooklyn can get there how they match up against Anthony Davis like what do you what do you Brooklyn's how are they going to match up against Embiid? No, yeah, how are they going to match? How are they going to match up against Giannis? I think Embiid's more of a nightmare than AD. Well, for them. I'm just saying like, you just you, from you, a sheer... you throw in, but you throw in Anthony Davis and then you throw in with LeBron. I mean, dude, it's like what do you how do you stop those two? But they got to get through the Clippers, and I think the Clippers match up really well with well, them. Well, we'll see. see, see with, for for me, the issue there is that Embiid, he is like in his best shape of his life right he now. Is. He talk, spoke about that on the um the low post, I think recently. He's in the best shape of his life, but I would not be totally surprised if Brooklyn found a way, um, like found a way to run like Bruce Brown at center, and. Have managed to get Embiid off the floor in some situations. I think that is possible. There is no situation where you can play Anthony exactly. Davis off the floor. He's too good at switching. He is just he is a guard who is six foot eleven and has like a seven foot five wingspan. It's just you can't play Anthony Davis off the floor. He's for me he's the most unique big man in the league, including Jokic and Embiid. He is maybe not the best, but the most unique and for me like the most versatile in playoff matchups and that's why yeah, they're 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 a brutal matchup for the nets and i mean you're, you're dead on about ad um you can't play them off the floor and that's definitely the team i think the nets least want to see um but it's just a question of will they get there like the, yeah. i think ibaka can do a good job on ad if he's healthy an admirable job okay yeah. Um, certainly much better than than anything they would have been able to throw at him last year. And then I think between, I think Kawhi on LeBron, man, dialed in, locked in, playoff, mm-hmm. defensive player of the year level, Kawhi, I mean, I think he can do as good of a job as anybody on LeBron. He's just as strong as LeBron. He's almost as big. He's one of the greatest defensive players we've ever seen. I don't, you know, I don't need to say any more about him. And then, and not to mention Paul, and then, and yeah, Ibaka on AD, like, 
It's not ideal. AD's still got an edge there, but I think Ibaka's health, fully healthy, probably one of the five best matchups yeah, but, you know, you know, to go right, against AD. I, so I'm not saying they got to get through that team, man. And, and look at and Rondo. Rondo was on the Lakers last year. Like he knows he's the, probably the smartest player ever to play. Certainly one of them, maybe second only to LeBron and, and a kid, a couple other guys. But Rondo is a genius and he was in that locker room. Like he's, he learned a lot and he's already probably coaching the Clippers up on things <laughs> that he picked up by being inside of that team. Yeah. Like, I don't think we can underestimate that. Like Rondo's little insider information. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that he learned, you know, Brett, like I, I, it's going to be, a I factor. agree with you that the Clippers are contenders. And I think that they're kind of flying under the radar a little bit and they, and they probably should be based on all the drama that happened last year. But I mean, dude, that's still a soft team to me. I mean, you blew a three to one lead. We all wanted to see the Clippers and the Lakers last year. Paul George is hitting shots off the side of the backboard. Like, I mean, they're going to, they're going to have to show up and show out because I I'm with Jacob. I don't see, I just don't, I think the gap between the Clippers and the Lakers is very large. I, I just do. I, I, I think, I think that LeBron and AD are looking at the Clippers and laughing. Like, dude, really? This team, this team, no. this team again is no. this is a team no. that we're feared. They got dirty ass Patrick Beverly. No. Like, I just, I Patrick Beverly's your one tough guy on that team. <laughs> like, I just don't, I just don't, I, I don't see it. What about Marcus Morris? I, I think LeBron and AD are laughing. What about Marcus Morris? They got Markeith. They can throw Markeith yeah. on him. Mark, the, the battle of the Morris. Yeah, the battle whenever of the that series, t- and I'm not saying there's the, I don't think it's. Heavily in favor of the Clippers, but I also don't. I think we should be worried about the Clippers making it to play the Lakers. We were Lakers were there last year. Oh come on! Hey, dude, come on! They come on! They're playing Portland. They're playing Portland. If if it three to one lead against Denver last year, don't forget that it's the same team. And you even said yourself, Brett, it's not the same team. At the beginning of the season, you said the exact same thing. Oh, Ty Lue's a bad coach. Why did Why did the Clippers do that? I I've never been a Ty Lue fan. Okay, I didn't like the hire there, but. He's he's fine. He's doing fine. I'm I'm not down on him the way I was. Like I don't think he's going to be a huge factor in them winning the title. I think they probably could have done it with Doc. Um, but you know he's there now and and he's fine. I, I have nothing against him. They're not the same team. It's not the same situation. It's not the bubble. Paul George is fully healthy. Finally, double shoulder surgery. Imagine that. Like that's what he was coming off of. Um, again, I list. I already talked about them, but they're not the same team, not the same situation, and I just don't see a clear argument for the Lakers beating them in a series. I think it's going to be a great series. Whenever that series takes place, I think for all intents and purposes, it is the NBA Finals. I think the winner of that series wins the Finals, and um, I'm not counting out either one of those teams. I give the Clippers a slight edge, okay? Um, and maybe if LeBron and AD had been healthy all season and they had sort of continued that dominance that they had shown, they'd be my favorite, but as it stands... I have the Lakers as my number two. Hey, See, uh, we'll just oh, – go ahead, Jake. My, just, just, my only major argument is, like you say, Rondo, very, very intelligent, but he is going up against one another guy who can claim that role. And that chess match yeah. on the floor will be incredible. But if we stack up both of their two best players, LeBron AD, Kawhi PG, for me, PG is very comfortably the worst player. And there is an argument, I don't think I'd make it, but there is an argument that l- the Lakers in certain matchups have the two best players out of those four. There is no. an argument. May, you, you might say not to me. AD I think Kawhi is the not, best of all of them. You might playoff think Kawhi is the best of all of them. But Give me playoff Kawhi over What happened, over what happened last year for LeBron? LeBron? What happened last year for LeBron? He was phenomenal until they that one three game. They blew a three-to-one lead. And that was not on him until the last game. The fourth quarter of the last game, yes, he disappeared, okay? 
but he 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 was coming off a carry like one of the greatest playoff runs we've ever seen with Toronto and up until that collapse against Denver he was phenomenal look at his numbers in the playoffs like that's not on Kawhi I think playoff Kawhi is better than 36 year old LeBron and I think it, I think he's better than 82 I think playoff Kawhi is the best player in basketball so maybe Paul George is fourth out of those four but Kawhi's number one evens then, out in my then, opinion you have the rotations for me the Laker rotation is much better we, we you can maybe argue that Ibaka is the best player him or maybe Schroeder are the best players outside of those big four but then for me the Lakers have like six seven of the next 10 best players after that where Kuzma has really modeled his game into being a great you know uh, auxiliary forward for this team like you've got Drummond who you're higher on than anyone I know you got Trez is probably not going to play Schroeder's good KCP is good in matchups uh Horton Taylor Horton Tucker is developing well you got Markeith Morris Alex Caruso then you got guys like Wes Matthews and Marc Gasol old guys they're not going to play whereas for the Clippers those guys might get minutes like they're given like Nick Batum is looking pretty good Nick for Batum's that team. Nick Batum's good. He's, Marcus he's Morris is having probably his best season as a pro. Nick Batum is having a resurgence. I mean, you've got Rondo now. When Beverly comes back, Kennard has been playing much better lately. Terrence Mann has proven to be a nice NBA player. Zubats is a very nice um, second big next to Ibaka. They got DeMarcus Cousins now who, yes, he's pretty washed. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I'd put him up against Marcus Soule at this stage. Like, come on. But how many uh, of those guys I, aren't getting deeper targeted? deeper than you think. How many of those guys aren't getting targeted by LeBron, though, or Davis, like in a pick and roll? Because we can say, yes, Rondo is that intelligent as LeBron or more intelligent, but LeBron has also LeBron's oh, body. Yeah. So he, he yeah, can yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to compare LeBron it. and Rondo. Yeah, I was yeah. just saying the fact that he was in that, I bet he learned a few things that yeah. he remembers and that okay. he's going to put to use. That's all I'm saying is that's a slight advantage, um, or a slight But well, doesn't LeBron factor, have that same advantage to- too, though? Like he knows, well, he, he, he knows well, Rondo. He Anthony in, Davis knows Rondo. Well, he knows Ty, he knows Ty Lue. He, <laughs> I mean, he was never like, in the Clippers dressing room. He never. Hey, LeBron's intelligence goes without saying. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a he's a supercomputer, as has been said so many times. It's on the court and and just mm-hmm. in general. I, mean, I can't guys, wait. Now you've talked me into wanting to see the Clippers and the Lakers play, you, dude. You, it's gonna be the series. Talk me into it. I still, say, I still think I still think the Clippers have to prove it that they can get there because okay. you know, we'll we'll end it with this with 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 my homie Charles Barkley and shout out to you, Michael Chapman, because this is specifically for you. I've been poor. I've been rich. I've been fat. I've been in the hall of fame. And one thing I can tell you is that the Clippers have always sucked. That's how we're going to end it. It's the Clippers um, for myself, Brett and Jacob. Uh, you guys can find us in the overstated NBA group. It's a really positive community that we built there. Um, we, every Friday night um, we're doing Friday night streams where, where Brett, Brett and I get on there and we watch a game with everybody. Um, yeah. And just, uh, and just hang out. But uh, but that's going to do it. Um, another great podcast. Um, you know, I almost thought about, almost, almost, did I had, Jacob, I had the text message written out to Derek to see if he oh. wanted to join us. Oh. I don't know, man. It said it was, it said it was going through, but it never sent. It said like it couldn't, it couldn't get through, man. You know, oh. that Wisconsin oh, Wi-Fi, that Wisconsin Wi-Fi, it's just, <laughs> it, it just, it just gets you. But uh, one of these times, one of these one times, one but that's going to do it for us, man. We'll see everybody later. Peace.